Hello. Hello. Okay. Hi. So recording actually already starts. Shout out to Anchor because it just starts right when you connect. Right. So let me just go ahead and let people know who I'm here with. Welcome again to um, another episode of Words to Make You Feel. I'm Emily June. And today I have with me a person who is has a way with words that literally leaves me speechless um, every time I read one of her posts or something I usually like to you know comment something under to like promote and I just sometimes am left without knowing what to say because the writing itself just says it all so Myra welcome to the podcast thank you so much for joining me why don't you go ahead and let people know a little bit about yourself Oh, thank you. That was so sweet. Um, I feel like I'm better with um with the written word than I am with um verbal communication. But let's see. Let <laughs> hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's not too bad. Um, so so yeah. So I'm Myra. I'm um a wannabe writer. I mean, I do write. So I try not to use the word wannabe anymore and just say no. I'm a writer. It doesn't matter. Right. If I don't have a book out there. But yeah. So um. I'm a writer and I also have a day job, obviously. So I work in the charity sector, working predominantly with women um, who have lots of different issues um, and challenges in their daily lives. So I do that um, in my day job and then I try and fit the writing in wherever I can. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And that's that's what I learned a while back, too, um, is that if you write daily, which I know you do, yes. <laughs> you are a writer, you know, whether it yeah. ever gets composed into a book for the general public to read or whatever the case is, the fact is that you are doing the practice every day. So you are what you do, right? Absolutely. I agree. Well, I wanted to have you on today because I thought this word may resonate with you. I see sometimes you post Kid Cuddy on your on your stories and I'm like oh well if she gets solo dolo she'll get this and our word today that we're talking about is solo that was literally the first thing that came to my mind when you said <laughs> when you sent me this word was kid cootie as well <laughs> I love it there's so many good songs like there's that um uh Jason Derulo who where is he now I don't even know but his song solo is so yeah, good yeah, it's like yeah. riding solo you know <laughs> I won't sing because it's so bad but uh, there's just so many and even even a solo in music where you know one instrument or vocalist takes the stage and does their their part on their own is such an interesting thing to me again I'm not <laughs> musically inclined I enjoy it very much but I don't really produce it <laughs> at all so yeah but that concept itself of just you know having to take the center stage and do your solo part is a very interesting concept to me. What are, what are some things that come up around solo for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was um, Kid Cudi and his, he's got three different songs called solo dolo, hasn't he? So, um, <laughs> um, and um, I thought about what you said about um, musicians as well, but then I was thinking about it in my um, personal life and I felt like I have quite a um I have quite an interesting relationship with the word it's quite split I would say because mm. I have this internal um I feel like 
at all points we're kind of living on in two on two different planes almost we have the internal journey which can be very rich or very um, empty depending on where we are in our lives and that can be very um existential um and very alone like you're very much experiencing that on your own um, but then on the same at the same time you've got this external journey that's happening um, in the real world with people and um, but we still have those feelings of um sometimes you know being uh, alone or or being in solitude so I feel I, f- I feel like there's multiple uh, so it, it, so I was thinking it occurs on these two different planes but it's not mm. it's not it's not a negative it's uh, not a negative word but it's not an ex- in, an entirely positive one either it's, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like you know um people always separate it from loneliness like being um alone and being in solitude is quite different but they have similar emotions um tied to them so i had a lot that was coming up initially when you said mm. when you said that word um so i mean yeah I mean wherever you want wherever you feel like you want to go with it from here but um yeah lots 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 coming up yeah yeah I mean I guess you know I always like to start with the uh internal and move to the external so I guess we can start there and I agree with you it's what we um we didn't really do too much uh pre-conversation for this which I like because then we just get to Mm. get here and have the conversation uh live but um one thing I was thinking about was that exactly that thing. Sometimes we're doing things around people and we're even in relation with people and interacting with them, but we are doing something completely on our own internally or Mm. dealing with something completely on our own internally. And it's such an interesting thing because I think sometimes people think like solo maybe connects with like lonely or something, but Mm like you said it doesn't necessarily have to be it can be like this more dynamic experience where yeah maybe it's not always um doesn't always feel great because sometimes doing things alone is difficult but it's a a big space for personal development absolutely very much my jam yeah so I guess let's start there like what have you had experience like how has your experiences helped your understanding of being solo um yeah I mean first of all I totally agree with what you said that um you know it's not necessarily an easy experience but it's a very fertile one it's a very rich um experience that even though you're not um even though it can be difficult or it can be you know not exactly straightforward but um it's it's a very fertile one and I kind of so I guess in my personal life um I've had lots of experiences of um of being solo I guess um and sometimes being around people but still like you said having a lot going on internally and I feel like people who are either introverted or intuitive or work with their imagination a lot we tend to um we we tend to we tend to need solitude as well so yeah. so so I, I mean a couple of a couple of main bits come out I think when I um so in so obviously I'm Muslim and we have this thing that we can you can do in Ramadan so that's the 30 days when you um fast during the year and mm-hmm. you towards the end of that you can spend um 10 days uh, or three days or five days in or seven days depending in uh, seclusion so you can spend that time uh, alone and I remember 
when I did that I was I think I was 20 I was 21 when I did that and I, I don't I was quite enthusiastic so I was like why not let's just go for the full 10 days um and I and I spent that time alone and it was just obviously just me and I didn't realize how I mean obviously I went into that experience a bit little bit blind thinking that I'd spent time alone before and I'd been on my own before and I knew what it was like to be in my own company but spending that spending those 10 days absolutely on my own um was was uh was a shock to the system and it was very um it was very in in I mean I'm not I'm don't, I don't you I don't mean the word enlightening in the sense that I came up with all the answers to the world but it was very um <laughs> it was very raw it, I really had to kind of look at myself and confront myself because when you spend time on your own you can't hide um you can't you you have nowhere to um you have nowhere to distract yourself and I'm very much someone who loves a good distraction (laughs) so when I spent that time on my own and I didn't have my phone in there I didn't have internet or anything in there it was a very um it was it was it was terrifying um but when I came out of it I think it definitely changed my life for the better it got a lot it, it got much harder after that period because I had I came out of that experience with some truths um, and some realizations about myself that I couldn't hide from anymore because I'd faced them in the cold kind of light of day. Um, so I had to confront those. Um, but at the same time, it started a very difficult journey. But at the same time, obviously, looking back, I can see it was definitely um, for the better. And it was, um, yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I like that distinction you make about enlightenment because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a lifelong process. <laughs> I know, you get yeah. those little bits here and there. But so, so this is interesting because I've heard, uh, I've, I've had friends who do, um, they'll take vows of silence mm. for periods of time um, and, but they'll still be around people. Mm. Um, so like you're saying, there's still possibly distractions or things that you could be observing so what does the actual practice during Ramadan, uh, at the end of Ramadan, what does that, what does it like practically look like? So in case people are trying to do uh, similar practices. Yeah, so um, so it's called Ithikaf, um, and I forget what the Arabic word means. I think it means retreat or seclusion, but I probably am wrong there. I can look it up though. Um, and it's optional. So the, so it's not, it's not it most people probably won't do it some people might want to want to do it so you can you can do it in a mosque so you can go to um a place of worship and you can do it there but again that is in uh, you, you, that tends to be in community with people although you'll try and minimize talking and you'll try and minimize kind of idle kind of I say idle mm-hmm. like in a negative way, but not it's not necessarily negative. But um, yeah, you'll try and kind of minimize any talk that isn't um, very intentional or purposeful. Um, but I did it at home and a lot of people can do it at home as well, because obviously we work, um, things things happen. At that mm-hmm. time, I wasn't working, so it was a lot easier for me to just take 10 days out. Um, but I just kind of um, stayed in my room and yeah I just I just did it at home so I did it at home and didn't obviously everyone knew that obviously I'm not no one's allowed in Myra's room I live in the attic so it was a lot easier as well to kind of have that nice own space <laughs> yeah um and yeah that's yeah. interesting I'm always interested in like the the pra- like the what things actually look like because a lot of times when we talk about mm. different practices and stuff mm. there's maybe some assumptions that other people understand what but I'm always like 
very curious about the the practicality of what it looks like um and and what it is like on my our last uh episode I did one alone and it was about isolation because it was during the time when we were really in the thick of mm. you know uh needing to isolate for the the pandemic uh reasons but and still here um, y'all I mean I don't know what it's like in the right US, but it's literally the same here in the we UK, like... can get into that for <laughs> sure but but um there are times uh, I talked about times where I had felt so alone and mm. there were literal physical self-soothing things that I did to, to keep me from going too, too deep, too far down, uh, you know, into an emotional um, slump. Um, so actual physical practices. So thank you for sharing what that um, actually looks like in case anyone's curious in doing something like that. And I guess it does kind of um, bring us to, I kind of the pandemic and how, how we're all facing right now isolation to different degrees. How is your understanding of solo, um, I guess, evolved during this time? Um, well, I, I feel like I've had the opposite reaction to um, a lot of people at the minute because um, I've actually been living with my um, family and mm-hmm. before that obviously I, I before the pandemic I was in and um because of the because of the pandemic and because of the lockdown um and and that kind of consciousness of mortality and not knowing when it was going to end I just thought okay you know what I'm just going to stay with my my family and just be mm-hmm. with them during this time and so I feel like I've not had any alone time at all so I've been <laughs> kind of feeling like I even I've literally been like I need to go into a cave I need to go into some kind of um like what do you call them when you have no um what are they called uh you know those chambers where there's no sounds what are they called what are they called oh I can't I can't think what they're called but there's yeah, sensory deprivation thing oh, yeah okay like I'm like mm-hmm. I really feel the need right now to do to go into one of those yeah well and that's an interesting thing to have um yeah I, luckily I live with um roommates so I have interaction and of course you know go out to do our daily activities and stuff Mm. but um it is an interesting thing to uh see everyone experiencing it to different degrees or like you're saying in in certain cases um not necessarily having the same experience as everyone so I guess that kind of brings us then to like doing things solo while we are around people you know, because I, I realized, like, looking back, some of the hardest times I've been through, I had people around and had support. Mm. But what I was going through was so, um, it was a, a unique time and period and other people weren't at that spot with me, mm. you know, emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually. So it was like I was doing that work or that walk or that part of the journey alone even though there were people around and it's such an interesting thing because I I really don't buy into the um the self-made um narrative I don't think anyone is self-made we all um uh, benefit benefit from and are supported by um people before us and 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 currently um but yeah there is something about acknowledging the work that you've had to do alone mm. you know you can't discount that either um have you had experiences like that before what what is what what is that like for you or 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of people who have had um, mental health issues or have had um, experiences where they've been in very dark places or very low places after around the same time that I did the seclusion, I had I had um, I think I was getting depressed a little bit before that anyway. But after that period, I think it was a few months after that, I really went into a very, very um, dark place. And it was extremely lonely. Like you said, I was living with my family at the time. I had friends, but it felt like I was um it felt like I was in a room and everyone else's voices were muffled, like they just weren't coming through. I just felt like I was in mm. a very, very um uh dark space and that I was alone. And then you start to think about things like uh and this is getting really emo right now, but you do start to think about things like death and the purpose of things and why are we here and all the rest of it and you just can't seem to shake the nihilistic part out of yourself when you think about those questions you just can't help but face the fact that we are all mortal we will all die you will die alone you are you know do you, you know all those mm-hmm. all those yeah. things come into your mind and you and um you you realize and when I was uh when I was younger like when I was really young um and I think a lot of us have that experience when we realize oh actually one day my family's gonna die I'm gonna die and then you start to but for, for me I would start to get absolute nightmares thinking that any minute what will it be like what will what will happen um and then and then I think when I got depressed that well a lot of that a lot of that came back up and it was very much about the fact this thing of death and I think that that's another thing that the pandemic has been really um triggering in a lot of people is this sense Mm. of mortality and almost this this sense of we don't know when it's going to happen someone could get out go out one of our loved ones could go out and get sick and then we just wouldn't see them again and we hear of so many people dying on a daily basis as well and so definitely when I when I think about that experience um then then I think about how how long how lonely that that was um yeah yeah Mm. yeah and it's interesting yeah because there's like this there can be like I I love that you touched on it you understood what, what I was talking about because there are some people who probably haven't experienced something like that but um yeah those those times and it's interesting even looking back um and recounting them because it's like like we said we do have the support and we're so grateful for that you know that people were even around because we can't imagine what it would be like if if they weren't you know and I'm I'm talking about times when like you know saying there were people around may even be a little generous you know what I mean but but there were but there was still it was still like you're saying just such that that walk through the valley on your own mm. um and that, I could, sorry go on well just that you mm. in a I'm very big on being honest about to, uh, to ourselves mm. and so while we don't want to be ungrateful to all the support that we've received because we know it's always there it's just as important to recognize that doing that solo walk built strength and built something in you that you possibly previously did not have you know and it makes maybe the idea of going through future solo walks or having to do certain things in the future alone just a little less scary because you've already done it before you know absolutely and I think it affects if people have a tendency to codependency which I feel like 
um, a lot of us do. Um, mm-hmm. It even helps you to give other people the space to go through their own solo journeys as well. So, for mm-hmm. example, when I see people struggling, and like I might see my little sister, for example, really struggling with something, um, and and wanting to really knowing that I just I'm just not connecting I'm just not getting in there she's in a place that she just that is is really dark and I can't take that pain away from her I can't just I can I can be there with her I can hold her hand but she's in that space existentially like very um viscerally she is in that space alone and I'm on the outside of that door and she's in that she's in that room with the dragon or whatever it is fighting whatever she's fighting and um just knowing that okay I've been through a similar thing before uh, and I know that nobody could have you know you could have and I remember thinking and realizing how how dark it was at the time because thinking that there's nothing anyone could give me right now that could fix this you could give me a million Mm -hmm. trillion pound it won't fix it you could give me everything and I just wouldn't it just wouldn't change how I feel and and the same thing knowing that okay I could do the same for this person who I really care about who's going through this dark period but she's she's very much going through it alone um you know and it gives you that bit of kind of respect for their journey as well that you can't save them you can't just pull them out of it or you know fix it or whatever yes and helps you that was so beautiful and so on point (laughs) and and also um it's helped me also to realize that times where I notice that uh, a relationship um or the way I'm relating to someone or they're relating to me is getting maybe a little too codependent Mm. that taking a step back is actually a loving thing to do Mm. because we both need to make sure that we're, you know, standing on our own two feet and are uh, strong enough and not putting our um, journey in someone else's pocket sort of. Mm. So, which is a, a very hard thing to do if you are the type to be, you know, I love a buddy. Libra Moon. I love a buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love I love to have people around. I love to even just run errands with people. Like Yeah. But as we grow and we develop, we realize that's not possible. We all have to do our yeah. things. And um you can see more like you're saying where you know, you someone does maybe is relying too much on you to make it through something or vice versa and taking a step back is actually the loving thing so that they can regain their sense of um, strength and autonomy in what they're doing. Um, it's a very dynamic and like balanced thing. Cause it's also not something you want to do completely pull out. And then someone did need you just uh, sitting there yeah. with them while they're mm-hmm. going through something. So it's a very dynamic thing. And once you go through it, uh, something like that, it does help you to just understand it better. So thanks for like illuminating parts of that. Um, and I think what you were also saying about um, the, this is a whole other discussion that mm. could be have, but about the um, facing mortality now and how uh, a lot of um, people and we'll just leave it at people. A lot of people don't have a understanding or put off thinking about um, mortality mm. and I, I know that there's um, people called death doulas who ha- are supposed to help with that transition. I think it's such an interesting thing because if it's not something you've experienced or if it's something you're experiencing for the first time, um, going through that, again, it's, it's 
it's something interesting we're confronting now but I guess that's a that's getting into a bit of another topic <laughs> but yeah no I, I find I find the whole concept of um of death really interesting in general as well as the, especially when you think about um this word it's one of the things like what we said earlier when if if you're if you're there with a loved one who's dying or who has died I remember me and my sisters talking about this a few years ago thinking that the thing that we would be more sad about is that that person would be would be doing it alone and you couldn't mm. you couldn't help them like when if when if they were in the grave or if they were you know cremated or whatever um they would be in that grave alone it would be raining um you, you they would be out there cold or whatever and obviously it's a dead body so they're not gonna you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be out there in the cold in in the rain or whatever right but physically you, yeah yeah <laughs> but you you very much have that thing of that person's whatever wherever they are they're there alone but then i remember watching um I think it was a rom-com ages ago. I can't remember what it was called. I, I have this vague memory that Lindsay Lohan was in it. But um, <laughs> something something about someone was dying or something. And she, she was saying, you know, well, wherever they go, we don't know where they go. But wherever they go, we're all going to we're all going towards there anyway. And it kind of made me think, OK, it's a solo journey. But eventually, eventually, I guess you meet wherever, whatever happens after you die. It kind of. Um, yeah yeah who who knows right yeah (laughs) yeah um there there was someone I was talking to about um someone who's older um and we were talking about our experiences and she was um just making the point that like as you get even older your perspective shifts more which like of course it does Mm. um and I was just thinking like it's true I can't put myself in her shoes she's at a different stage than I am I mean I can the most I can do is is listen and try and understand where she's coming from and let her explain it but again it's something she's going through you Mm. know it's it's something she's experiencing um and even with a I had a a relative get um have to go in the hospital recently and Mm. I even had to confront that like I don't truly know what to say around those times yeah when when death is a possibility um it's I have my own emotions that come up around that but then also that person who's having to confront that directly in and of themselves it's definitely something I think we could all I personally would love to um continue a conversation around to um understand and be at more ease with it um, whereas now it still feels like a, a bit of a touchy subject because I'm just not, it's not something we discuss often. It's something we no. put off thinking about until it's right there, you know? Yeah. Um, what, what, there was a question I had regarding, okay, so, so let's talk about solo, it, it, the, the thought of music and when you have mm-hmm. to step up and do your solo. Yeah. I know, um, it seems like in your work you've had to take um, some leadership roles, maybe to do some uh, speaking things. Those all seem like solo things to me. Taking mm. a leadership role seems like a bit of a solo thing sometimes. Have you had experiences with something like that where it's like, okay, now the spotlight's on you and you have to step into it and and do your solo part? It's really interesting, actually. I feel like the relationship between the word solo and leadership is so interesting and multifaceted, actually, because practically in the leadership and all the... So I, I'm chair of one charity which specialises in um, 
it's supporting um, women who are from a minority background with things like domestic violence and um, other other aspects. And then I, I'm a manager in another charity where we work with people who are quite hard to reach um, and, you know, maybe they have multiple um, barriers and disadvantages and co- quite complex needs. And um, practically, it's it's a very communal um very team work oriented role because you have to constantly um you have to constantly communicate with other people and you're very much you know trying to support people to do their job it very much feels like a um a role of service um and but then at the same time when I think about how (laughs) those roles happened I remember they happened because they happened because I was either in a room or I was in a space where um, I felt I had I was alone, and th- if I didn't speak up or if I didn't do something, then it wouldn't get done. And it was this thing of I have to say something right now because there aren't any other um, Asian people in the room, or there aren't any other Pakistani women in the room, or there aren't any other mm. um, women from a working class background in the room. And so feeling this this very resentful resentful feeling mm. and this burden of I have to say something because no one else is here to say it. And then um, feeling, and then just because of that situation, feeling like I'm the only person here who can, who can say this or who will voice that, um, ended up being almost like okay now you have now now um and then just just through that I think there's something about leadership and taking responsibility and feeling like um you you like it has to start from you it has to start from um it has to start where you're at that ends up feeling quite long quite not lonely but it is, feels like a solo journey but practically it's a very you can't do things without your team you can't do right. things without um without support and service so when I think about like my leadership positions I very rarely rarely I mean if ever make any kind of unanimous arbitrary decisions where it's like this is what I want to happen and it happens it never happens rarely ever happens like that um (laughs) but when I think about like actually when I had to take leadership it's usually in those situations where um nothing else is happening or I, ha- I have to do it because someone has to someone has to kind of um do it which yeah and I was thinking about what you said before about um feeling uh solo even when you're around people and I was thinking about uh that and especially for people who are not who are of a different race who are maybe you know brown or black or east asian or whatever um that feeling can come up quite often around Mm -hmm. maybe if it's like a predominantly like white um group of people or it can happen Mm -hmm. with any minority whether you're an lgbt person in a group of people who are just straight and you know they use they use certain terminology etc etc and it can that situation i think that's another reason why identity is so prevalent at the minute because it's the things it's the things where it's where we've felt um most alone around people that we're now trying to voice and say actually this this is who I am and 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 wanting to be seen because so much of that feeling of feeling alone around people is that feeling of being invisible there's this thing happening inside that is just not coming out or isn't being seen Mm. it's it it seems to I think you're right about that being such so prevalent right now because there's this big focus on um, 
or, or just this big exploration of the individual and the collective, right? It's, it's um, kind of that, it's kind of mirroring what we're talking about, mm. being an individual and being on this journey or path, and then also ha- having to be parts of different communities, whether, you know, whether they are communities that um, mirror us very well or communities that don't, but we're, we're still doing work in those, those sorts of things. It's something that it seems like um, just worldwide is a, a big focus right now. Mm. And how do you best, like you're saying, I guess, you know, um, speak up and share that with others and also, you know, how, how do they best allow for, for space, whatever, whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because um, I think there's, um, there's an element of, um, I mean, obviously, so much of it comes from this need for, um, and, and this right, obviously, to social justice and to um, equality and to, to not, not, to not be oppressed and obviously we feel it on one level in the west but then in the global south it's 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 like on steroids but they don't have the same voice or they don't say have the same platform to kind of talk about the the, the things that we might we might talk about for example um in the west um so i just i find that I find that it's interesting that the more we talk about our individuality or our individual experiences, the more people feel uh, feel alienated or they feel separated or they feel um, polarised. Um, but I think that ultimately, I mean, this is just my opinion, experience. I feel like those conversations need to happen. Um, and, you know, the, all that stuff needs to come to the surface and we need to look at it before we can... I guess before we can kind of move forward because yeah yeah no no I, I I so appreciate um this this uh train of thought because um it's another thing just like confronting Rotelli it's another thing that we can all get better at and leaving the space you know I'm very big on space and time and not mm um quickly reacting to things because we know when we have to quickly react to things our our thinking's maybe not at the at the best um place to make uh clear decisions so you know allowing more space and time which is so counter to um high production Mm. (laughs) societies and cultures but it is so necessary in moving forward in a more sustainable and um ethical and and understanding way for everyone involved yeah um yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean we just agree with you we're like yeah no (laughs) i know i know it's so interesting because it's not that is such an ongoing thing um and it's and i think the other thing about solo is um is you know how you talked about reacting i feel like it's very interesting how um we're, we are social creatures aren't we and when we feel alienated or isolated or pointed out or um kind of brought out to feel 
different and solo like this person is different or this person is is um out of the tribe or not part of the tribe um it it we do react because it's very primal for us it's very primal mm. for us to to not feel alone um and and to have a negative reaction to it yeah yeah no very much so yeah and and yeah I think that's why I always go back to just taking time and space and not everything needs to be reacted to um whether you know we're the one who's um learning something or being corrected or something or whether the one that has to do the stand has to stand up and 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 you know say what needs to be said yeah it's true what you said both of those yeah no absolutely it's definitely true what you said because I remember having this conversation um with a group of people before Christmas as well and we were saying how you know even when how I mentioned before about feeling like if I don't say something then uh, you know feeling that pressure of if I don't say something in this room then then that voice will be lost no one's going to mention this community and then think and then someone said to me you know you don't actually have to you don't have to Mm. take on that burden if you don't want to you know I mean it's a privilege to be able to to be able to have that choice but still um knowing that actually I don't have to dedicate my whole life to this um situation and um that was also um quite you know like you said it's it's kind of realizing that okay there's a one form of reaction where yeah you know you're being corrected and it's kind of having that knee-jerk reaction to oh my god why am I being corrected but at the same Mm -hmm. time on the other side thinking okay um this is happening and I don't need to I don't need to voice it right now um and I don't need to be the one to do it either I don't have to do it right Mm. right yeah and I think just yeah if we're all able to give each other that space and like take it for ourselves and that's another thing you learn on your journey right is Mm -hmm. not everything has to be um reacted to right now trust your intuition to know uh when you know and and also just honor your own knowing as as to when and what should be said or or when to stand up and take that solo um what are what, did you have any questions or, or or thoughts that came up around this when when I um shared the word with you yeah I had so many um I had um I yeah I had so many so obviously the first thing that I thought of was um the kid cutie mm-hmm. um <laughs> the kid cutie song which there's like three, three different versions of it and I've already said but it's interesting to me because he was always someone that I admired for his ability to speak out about um about about being alone the good and the bad because he was going on these kind of internally quite psychedelic deep rich journeys but at the same time feeling quite separate from people like how we were talking about similar to what you experience when you go through um and not to romanticize uh, a mental illness because it's not romantic at all and Mm -hmm. in hindsight you look back and you think okay actually you know I have so much respect for myself for going through that but at the time it's very um it's very um alienating and I think that's one of the things that I really loved about kind of um, his music. But then at the same time, I, I mean, I'm just following on from the, the music theme. 
what you said about uh when uh when a musician performs a solo I found that really interesting just when you think about it from an experiential kind of point of view when there's a if you think about a guitar solo for example or a or um someone who's singing and they're singing a solo it really does um it read that it's there's something about community that is very not fragmented but very um fast and accelerated but then there's something about a solo that is quite slow and it stops time and it's quite timeless and Mm. you you know you can imagine being in a I don't know like being at a gig or something and lots of musicians and everyone's connected and everyone feels a sense of community and then someone starts performing um solo and all of a sudden your focus is just on that person and things just um stop so I found that really interesting just the sense of soul being solo and focus because I thought about that with um, the writing process as well because I thought when um when you're writing or when whenever you're doing anything creative I guess whether it's painting or I don't know designing something or whatever it is um it's I mean some people can do it in community but I, I hear a lot of people can only do it when they're in their headspace on their own so it's kind of you almost have to shut the outside world off to kind of go intern go inside go into your imagination um and have that sense of um focus and I think that's that's that that was really um interesting to me but also um I guess there was I mean so many so many things came up when I was thinking about when I was thinking about this I was thinking about um I was thinking about the, you know, there's that, uh, there's the, um, there's that quote by I think I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but Pam Gro- Grossman, Grossman about the witch, and what um, she says, you know, I've come to realize that the witch is arguably the only female archetype that has power on its own terms. She's not defined by anyone else. Wife, sister, mother, virgin whore these archetypes draw meaning based on relationships with others the witch however is a woman who stands entirely on her own she is more often than not an outsider and her gift is transformation she is a change agent and her work is sparked by speech an incantation a naming a blessing a curse and i felt like that's quite um i mean all those all those um all those uh, archetypes like you know the, the wife the sister the mother they're all extremely important um but when i think about solo i think about someone like the witch for example who is kind of um, an outsider, um, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's something that we we get from that. We we almost we almost kind of feed off people who have um, their own energy. Almost like they bring mm. they bring something to us, and that's why I guess um, we, we yeah. So I I found I found um, that really interesting. Yeah, I don't think I had heard that one before. That's really that's really interesting. And it it is, I do think it actually has to do with what you were saying before about, um, and and kind of what we've been talking about, you know, and how you started off even saying that it, it sometimes solo can seem like a negative thing, but it, it, it isn't, it's, it's a time where we get to stand in our own strength or, or skill, um, or just our own being, um, and yes, there may be people uh, around us and maybe they label us things like, like witch, you know, mm. when we all know that like people who in history who've been labeled witches were early scientists, early doctors, yeah. you know, they actually were doing incredible things, but because it was, um, not accepted or understood, 
it was labeled as this othering thing. Um, but I, I like the idea of like finding the, the power and the strength of having to do your solo. Not again, not that we want to be this completely individual Island or anything. Mm. It's just that as parts of strong communities, there will be times that we need to stand up and take our solo, you know, whether people are around or not. Um, yeah and it's I think it's that having the freedom to be able to do that and the strength to be able to tap into that because there's definitely times where if I'm in a if I'm on my own I might feel confident and fine and I know who I am and then I get into a group and I'm like okay I don't have the the guts right now to actually say what I think or to to be who I am or whatever and I think you're right it's not about kind of thrusting that on people in a group so you know not being like everyone stop here I am (laughs) this is who I am Mm -hmm. and you know I'm an individual and you know I'm the witch or whatever um Mm. because I'm not but but (laughs) but but to kind of feel like it's okay to to switch between the two it's okay to blend you know and it's okay to um because I feel like that's another thing with uh with I guess our generation as well it's really difficult to balance the two because we're so um we're social we're socialized as women to be quite communal and not to be individuals um but then at the same time we're socialized in a in this in this society to almost be um be very individualistic as well so it's kind of there is that that tension right yeah balancing uh, the individual with with the um with the community and yeah like i said i think that's um kind of a uh um, a universal thing thing right now um, I know some cultures may be better at the community yeah. or the individualistic but communities um, are made up of strong um, individuals too and so that we can support each other when when someone else might need it more um, so again it's it's and I know this thing where do you I, think I, that well, balance is something that we do inside of ourselves too I feel like you know Mm. um I I think for me that balance is just in my own practice and where I'm at right now and of course that may develop but it is making sure that I am strong enough to take care of myself to to do what I need to do um and to uh, hopefully even get strong enough to um or, or be strong enough to support others um, but also trusting that should I go mm. through something where I need support, I know I'm part of a community. It's been this long-term reciprocal um, uh, it, being, it, journey, existence, you know. Um, and if there's places where I notice that I need to be either stronger on my own or, mm. or stronger in my community, then putting, putting the time and the work into to do those things. Yeah, I, and I think that um, that's a lot of people are feeling quite um, disconnected from community, aren't they? They're feeling like they don't have a sense of belonging. Because I was thinking about this word solo and how tied up it is with loneliness and alienation as well. So obviously there is the positive where you kind of you have those experiences where of being solo, which are creative or mystical or um, really um, rewarding. But then you have those experiences which are very, you know, lonely and 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 they can scar you you know you can have it so people for example someone um 
being bullied say for example if they're growing up that kind of that kind of branding of you are different you are not part of the the group um can be really scarring um to someone and and but uh, even if you even if you've not even if you've not experienced that it's um it's it's quite it's quite um because I was thinking about how this relates like it, it, I mean obviously I'm not a therapist or anything but I was thinking about this on a mental health level as well and thinking um how you know sometimes when you've had a traumatic experience for example you forget a lot of it and you block out so much of it and you with that you block out a lot of your history as well and it's almost like you don't have um a past you you look back and you think okay there's this 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 mm-hmm. period of my life that I just can't remember um and and it it kind of it it messes with your sense of self it messes with your sense of kind of who you are where you come from where you belong um and you know so much of like my own journey right now for example is so so focused on um my root my root chakra like I'm I'm this is this is this has been going on for um a while and it is just that sense of um being embodied being rooted um and feeling like you belong in the earth even if you don't even if you don't have a community or a sense of um you know belonging but at least feeling that in the Mm -hmm. world on the earth in nature or whatever Mm -hmm. you you are home yeah Yeah, and i that's what i was gonna say i think you're very good at this because i see it through your writing the understanding of um the more desirable traits that we ha- and experiences we have and also the understanding and acceptance of the less desirable um, traits and experiences we have in our life. They're s- both so important to um, being that whole being and um, having your whole experience here because you are supposed to be here on earth. That's, you know, this is you. It's like I would say yeah. everyone has exactly what they need for their journey they wouldn't be here without what they need um mm. so you are supposed to be here and 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 doing this so i i noticed that in your work does that does that understanding of the um the desirable and the undesirable and and those can change you know like you usually when we um mm. look at the less desirable things in ourselves or the things we try and push away or the things that we don't um want to acknowledge so much when we when we start um saying like oh, okay come on let's 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 think about it let's talk about it let, let me let me know why you're there they become less undesirable and it's just another part of ourselves and mm. I feel like those things can help us when we are maybe the only ones that understand exactly those parts of ourselves because there will be things about us that maybe no one else in our life will ever understand and it's just the kind of that solo mission of like giving yourself that understanding and acceptance that's that's absolutely so true I really agree with that and I think so much of that is why I do feel like I have to write because I'm trying to make sense of um certain things which um which you know it might be a bit, <laughs> bit much for my siblings or my friends to kind of have to go through with me and like work out with me so so much of that is when I'm in my own space trying to figure that out and I think you're right I think the the tension between the desirable and the undesirable or the the good mm-hmm. and the bad the dark and the, whatever the opposites um which however they manifest at that point for me is definitely something that 100% informs my work I, I feel like it's really really hard because I mean as much as I'm 
enjoy writing I hate it at the same time I feel like everyone who writes and you'll know this as well it's such a love-hate relationship because there's something so there's something almost quite um uh, violent is probably an extreme word but there's there's something about it that's very um arbitrary because you're you as soon as I put something down or as as soon as I even I feel like words can be very much like that as soon as you put something down as soon as I for example say Emily you're beautiful all of a sudden there's so much there's so much more to it there's so much more to to that sentence to the to that word um, and and there's so much more to to everything it's really really difficult to kind of as soon as I write something, as soon as I put something down, mm-hmm. I can already see the op- I can already see the opposite. So not in the sense of no, you know, but it's so it's so true. Not like not like that. But uh, as soon as I as soon as I say something like you're beautiful, right. I think. But there's more to you than your looks and that right. kind of thing. And you think, but there's that morning that I was in like, a bad mood and I may more. have been ugly like, this, to so, someone. You know what I mean? Like there's those parts that, and those those are what I'm calling the undesirable yeah. things, the things that yeah. we try not to be or try not to do. But like. I fully believe mm. that like repressing certain things just causes them to come out in in less even less desirable ways. So um by yeah. you know when you're in a space where you can work with them letting them come out a little bit and like let them see the the light of day and be like okay what where did you come from why why are you a part of me like is this just part of my you know just that exploration which you know I love so much. <laughs> um but it's it like I say it's a lifelong yeah. process. Um so and it requires so much patience as well and that's something that I've in the past definitely not had I think that the um the it, 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 one thing that I feel like I constantly have to relearn mm-hmm. and relearn and relearn is humility um because it's it's kind of again every time I write something or even read something there's just there's so much more to everything and and it just it just reminds you how much how much bigger everything is than what we can comprehend um and yeah and just constantly like you said not repressing any of that not not fighting any of that not trying to box things in not trying to like make sense of things I remember when I first started writing I I was I I could I found it really difficult to share my work because I was Mm. like I don't have a brand I don't have a niche I don't have a thing you know like people are writing about identity or they're writing about it, like I was very resistant to just being one right I mean and I and I really respect people who do write about their race or about um their you know struggles or mental health or whatever but I felt like that those are all parts but I also feel like there's so much that I don't know that I want to that I want to explore like you said I feel like the exploration is so um yeah well and it's, it's so, so interesting also and we've got about five minutes here so I just want to give you a heads up this hour has flown by which I love okay, <laughs> and of course yeah. you are always welcome back to discuss <laughs> it really has more of this word or another word but um <laughs> it's interesting how that exploration of the desirable and undesirable within ourselves and whether that's through talking creating writing um, wherever that is, it helps us also to extend more time and space and kindness and understanding to others because we're no longer acting like there's not part, mm. there's no bad parts of ourselves. We are accepting that there are parts of our, ourselves that are less desirable and we want to work on those. So we extend that to other people a little easier too. So, so it's just, it's just interesting how the that's, solo journey so does contribute to being a better part of a community um yeah because I feel like you're you are you're kind of a microcosm of the 
of or the, we're so similar like we everyone is so similar there's never there's rarely mm. ever heard something mm-hmm. that I couldn't really relate to on some level you know it doesn't matter I mean obviously I'm not I'm not um I, I might not be um I don't know like I might not be like a white person or I might not be a trans person or I might not be um a black person or a, a, an East Asian person or a Chinese person or a Indian person even or a Bengali person but some, when when people talk when they talk from their hearts you you relate right you you, right. you know what they're right talking we all about. know our deepest moment and when we hear people yeah. talking about their deepest moment you have that same understanding of like okay this was something super impactful to that person that's important you know yeah well thank you again yeah. so much this conversation has flown by but it's I think we've really touched on so many interesting things and I I usually like to follow up with the IG live in a few weeks to just kind of give other people the chance to join in the conversation if they'd like to. And I would so be curious to hear other people's thoughts about what solo means to them and what it has been like in their experience and how they use the word. And I guess maybe just as we're closing out here, last four minutes, I love film very much. I love movies. Do you have any, I don't know if you're a big movie watcher, mm-hmm. but are there any movies that you think kind of encapsulate or a great um, analogy for what solo means? I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, right. I, like, I know, there's, think. I know um, there's this movie, this old movie I, from the I, 70s. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's Harold and Maude. He does end up having a relationship in that. Okay. But he also is just um, a very singular, unique person who is on his solo journey and, of course, in the end, um, ends up back on his solo journey. So I don't know. That's that's one if someone's interested in maybe watching a film that kind of explores the experience of solo. Interesting. I feel like, um, I mean, this is just one that comes to my mind right now, but it's probably um, going to change my mind as soon as I, as soon as we finish. But The Fountain, um, a similar thing. He's on a solo journey, but it's very much in relationship. And I, I like you said earlier, I think as well, that they very much do. Yeah. Time to okay. I'm definitely going to watch journeys, that. I've heard of that one before, but I've not seen it. So that is definitely, it's definitely on my watch people list. People either now, love so it or very hate excited. It. Well, do you have any last words before we <laughs> let the people go? Um, no, I think that was really Likewise. interesting. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and oh, I just, thank yeah, you so much. Really and we'll talk thank again you. soon. I'll post all the info. Where can people connect with you and your writing if they'd like to? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so it's at Ritual. So that's at, R, uh, at W-R-I-T-U-A-L-E. Love it. Love the handle. Um, I will definitely Instagram. put it in the description. And again, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. All right. Bye.